Brethren, the story of a great recovery. Part 1 England and Wales. Chapter 9. Exeter. Though there are no written records of its early church history, it is known that the Exeter assembly dates from the first days of the Brethren movement, in fact the place of worship in Northern Hay Street, now known as Providence Chapel, was where most of those whom we have come to regard as leaders of the movement, and whose names have now become familiar, ministered on several occasions. In later years, owing to the unhappy division, this property was sold to the Bible Christians. The interior of the building has undergone very little structural alteration since its erection, and anyone visiting the chapel today will at once observe that the seating accommodation is so arranged that the table can be seen by all present. Among the many prominent brethren associated with the Exeter Assembly, in addition to those alluded to elsewhere, may be mentioned Sir Alexander Campbell, H. W. Soltow, Colonel Stafford, George Brealey, founder of the Blackdown Hills Mission, Samuel Wefford, and Henry Dyer. It was at Exeter that A. E. Negroes was converted through the influence of Miss Paget, a name associated in later years with our C. Chapman and William Hacob Barnstaple, and as we have already seen, it was in this city that Mr. Groves for a number of years practiced as a dental surgeon. His eldest son, Henry, one of the first editors of Echoes of Service was born here. Mention should also be made of the good work carried on by Dr. Heyman Wefford, in connection with what was known as a Kelly meeting. For a long period he faithfully preached the gospel in what was then the Victoria Hall, Queen Street, where crowds gathered to hear him, and, according to the testimony of those who remember those stirring times, it was not unusual to see an audience of 1,000 people at the Sunday evening service. The work was abundantly owned of God, and it is no exaggeration to state that hundreds were led to the Savior through his preaching. Unfortunately, there is little evidence today of those times, and up to recently the assembly met in a small upper room previous to the present new hall being built. It was in the home of Dr. Wefford at Exeter that William Kelly passed away. Mr. Kelly is remembered amongst brethren as the leader of a party which afterwards bore his name, but also, and more happily, by his writings, largely in the form of expositions of scripture specially helpful as being at once profound and simple. He was also a textual critic of no mean order. Previous to 1889, when the present Gospel Hall in 4th Street was built, the assembly held their meetings in a large room over the lower market. This building was destroyed by fire and the meeting was transferred for the time to the Athenaeum. At the present time there are about 300 believers in fellowship at 4th Street, where an aggressive work, especially amongst the young, is a notable feature of its Christian activities. This assembly has the care of two Sunday schools, one at Druids Hall and the other at Cheek Street Hall, comprising nearly 600 children. The work in the latter hall began about 70 years ago. Whiting of those days, Samuel Blow, an evangelist whose labors in North Devon are still remembered, says in his reminiscences. It was in 1866 I first met Mr. H. W. Soltow of Exeter. I had been holding gospel services in Bitten Street Meeting Room, Tainmouth, the old chapel where George Muller ministered before he went to reside at Bristol. Mr. Soltow used to come to Tainmouth occasionally where he conducted Bible readings in a lady's house, and it was there I first met him. He gave me a cordial welcome to Exeter and believing it to be the will of God I went. We had meetings in the Athenaeum, Bedford Circus and in Cheek Street Schoolroom, the latter place had been recently secured for gospel testimony. It had been used as a kind of low casino, and was the resort of the most vile and profligate. 
There was still at the farther end of the hall a small gallery where the musicians used to sit and fiddle while the company danced. Mr. Soltau secured it for the gospel and a quick end was thus made of all the work of the devil. In this place we had frequent free teas, preaching the gospel to those gathered, and it became the birthplace of very many precious souls. Since then these activities have continued steadily almost without a break, which has resulted in many young people being brought to the Lord, who afterwards were received into fellowship at the Gospel Hall. Thus to a great extent the work amongst the young at Cheek Street Hall has resulted in this testimony becoming the main artery which has, during those years, fed the parent assembly. Soon after occupation of these premises a baptistry was placed in this little hall, and here, previous to the erection of Four Street Hall, many hundreds of believers passed through the waters of baptism. It was in this hall, in 1872, that George Muller opened a day school which was continued for over 20 years. Amongst the pioneers in Cheek Street Assembly were Mr. Soltau's family, who labored earnestly until they left Exeter in 1870. During his residence at Exeter Mr. Soltau was a tower of strength, not only to the little assembly at Cheek Street, which ever claimed his constant thought and care, but to the many gatherings of the Lord's people in the neighborhood. Trained for the bar, Mr. Soltau relinquished his profession soon after his conversion, which came about through the preaching of Captain Percy Hall, and went to live at Plymouth, where he became associated with the company of Christians who, as we have seen, came together under the guidance of the Holy Spirit five years previously. As in the case of not a few men of good family and position who at that time left the established church to cast in their lot with the despised brethren, Mr. Soltau suffered much in the severing of many family ties, but though the loss and pain sustained were considerable, yet he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He was indeed a valiant for the truth, and there were few villages in Devon and the adjacent counties which did not hear the sound of his voice proclaiming the glad tidings of the gospel of peace. In 1851 Mr. Soltel left Plymouth, and for some years he and his wife resided at Exmouth and Northam, near Bideford. It was in 1861 that he went to live at Exeter, and it was from here that many of his whitings, by which he is more widely known, went forth. In 1870, when his health was failing, Mr. Soltau removed to Barnstaple, where the closing days of his life were spent in sweet fellowship with his devoted friend, Robert C. Chapman. Mr. Soltau was a diligent Bible student, a fearless gospel preacher and an able expositor of the word. His addresses were not only concise and full of suggestive matter but remarkably trenchant and effective. As I listened, what one who sat under his teaching, each word seemed to fail like a hammer, leaving a lasting impression, I frequently came across persons who had been converted while listening to him preaching in the open air or at riverside baptisms. Besides four street meeting there are now three other assemblies existing in Exeter, the result of the work of the parent assembly, the first to be established being Buller Road, St. Thomas. About the year 1883, a number of Christians residing in the St. Thomas district, and who attended Market Hall, First Street, were led to commence a gospel testimony in their own locality, so they hired a small meeting room known as Gray's Buildings, Cowick Street. The work began with gospel services on Lord's Day evenings and Bible readings in the afternoons. A few years later it was decided to gather on the first day of the week to remember the Lord in the breaking of bread, and to establish an assembly in that neighborhood. Amongst those who came together were some who had a heart for the young, and whose special ministry lay along these lines. Thus a Sunday school was commenced, with encouraging results. Meanwhile the numbers attending the services increased to such an extent that the meeting place at Gray's Buildings was found to be too small, 
and after much prayer the present Gospel Hall in Buller Road was built. This was about the year 1896. Simultaneous with the first meeting held in Gray's Buildings about 50 years ago, a few believers had a desire to witness for the Lord in the district of Havitry, and a small house in Alpha Street was converted into a meeting room. Regular meetings were commenced, followed by aggressive work amongst children and believers met for the breaking of bread until 1906, when the assembly removed to the building which it now owns and occupies, known as Ebenezer Gospel Hall. At the present time there are over 70 believers in fellowship, with a Sunday school of a hundred, and a weekly mother's meeting of about a hundred members. Whipton is a village which is now linked with Exeter, and Christian work has been carried on there intermittently for many years. At the beginning of the present century H. E. Marsam and his wife, then in fellowship with the Four Street Assembly, conducted weekly meetings for children in the farmhouse of A. G. Alford. After an interval of some years, children's work was again begun in the village by the formation of a Sunday school. After the war, when council houses were built in the district, the school greatly increased in size and the farmhouse became unsuitable for the work, so the meetings were held in a hired public building called the Institute. In 1928 the Chapelfield Hall was built by Mr. Alford and the work was transferred from the Institute to the new hall. Here the little assembly meet on the first day of the week for the celebration of the Lord's Supper and for the ministry of the Word. A notable feature of the assembly's activities is the continued interest among the young people of the district, there being a prosperous Sunday school of 200 children.